Welcome to the Breaking into Startups podcast, where we feature stories of people from non-traditional backgrounds who broke into tech. When it comes to finding a job, people throw around buzzwords like networking all the time. Therefore, many people said getting the business card as the goal because they think it will magically result in a job offer. What no one really talks about is the reality of networking. It's about establishing strong relationships where your connection is based on friendship versus wanting something in return. Our chat with Tyler Toya is not only with a guest, but with a close friend. He's a master at forming genuine relationships, which is how he met Ruben when he first moved out to the Bay Area, and how he leveraged the ability to connect with people to land a job doing growth at Omni. If you're interested in growth, growth hacking, or growth marketing, also check out Ina's episode number 17 where she talks about how she hustled her way into a job on Zumper. It doesn't matter if you're looking for an engineering, design, or a sales job. Tune in into Ty's episode. You don't want to miss it. Growing up, we're told that in order to be successful, you need to be a banker, a doctor, or a lawyer. That's what the gatekeepers want you to think. But we're part of something bigger. We're part of a technological revolution. Either you're at the table or on the table. Get in the end. 10x. Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies Arthur and Timor Meister, and this is the Breaking Stars Podcast. Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? Yeah, so we always talk about breaking in. Tonight, we actually broke in. We're recording this episode at 11.55 p.m. out of Omni's warehouse, and this is by far the latest episode that we've recorded to date, or arguably the earliest. Ruben, can you please introduce our guest? Yeah, yeah. So we're here with our good friend, Ty Olatoye, who works on the growth and business development team at Omni. But before telling you a little bit more about Ty, shout out to his cousin, Deji Olatoye, who's an Atlanta Falcons. And for those of you that don't know, Atlanta Falcons are in the Super Bowl and they're going to win it. So shout Let's out to go, Deji. Let's get you heard it. Let's here go, Cuzzo. Hell yeah. Yeah, Ruben. So before, uh, kind of, how did you guys even meet? <laughs> take us back to yeah, that take moment. Take us back to that when, moment. Oh, uh, how did you meet Ruben? Well, great, great, uh, you know, a great story. Um, essentially, I actually had met um, Nate Jones over at Adrian Horowitz, I think on my first or I think I reached out to him. I had actually watched the show on CNN. I forget the name of the show with Soledad O'Brien. It was about the New Me Accelerator, right? Yeah, it was about the New Me Accelerator. And I think Nate had, had a, a slight and really quick cameo and i reached out to him multiple times i think i emailed him about about 10 times he he never responded to me and how'd i found you, how'd you find his email <laughs> oh man twitter's a new linkedin um basically i i uh man i'm i basically stalked the guy in a really healthy way <laughs> that way <laughs> found his email somehow some way i think it was via via twitter I found his company. I think I found his company first and I reached out to him. Shout out to Ag Local. Yes, exactly. So I found his company, emailed him. He didn't get back to me until like three or four months later. So you got to be patient, right? Yeah, you got to be patient. I was super excited when he emailed me back. Long story short, I met Nate when I came out here on one of my visits to San Francisco, one of my two visits that I came here out to San Francisco before I actually moved to San Francisco. And uh, where were you living at that time? At the time, I was actually living in... Arizona, so Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Tempe, Chandler, Arizona, kind of east, east, east. And uh, were you in tech east. at that time, or I was very non-tech, low tech, no tech. <laughs> I was uh, at the time. I was actually 
running, I was actually working in real estate. Uh, particularly, I was working in um, residential real estate, not selling homes, but because I felt that that was actually too slow. Um, I wanted to be close to the consumer, but I also wanted to work with investment funds. So I decided that residential real estate would be the residential apartments would actually be the best thing for me to work in. So I worked in that. I actually really wanted to learn econ- economics. And that really, really, really helped me um, learn cities, learn economics, learn learn why decisions are made and stuff like that. Until you saw that thing on CNN. Exactly. Which led you to <laughs> reaching out to Nate. At the same time, I was actually running a, a, my own company. So at the same time, so I was running my company and I was, I was voraciously learning so much. Uh, I was reading Inc.com every single day. I read TechCrunch every single day. You know, I was, I, I think at the time I was like taking a deep dive on Steve Jobs at the time. I was re- watching everything on Steve Jobs. It was, I've seen it all. I've read it. I mean, Jeff from every entrepreneur. So that's basically how I met Nate. You know, I reached out to the guy and I just said, hey, man, like. What did Nate say, tell you or say to you when he responded? That guy, man, he sent me like five, five letters. It was like, hey, nice to, like, hey, what, yeah. It's like, yeah, I can do a call. Something like that. It's definitely a d- very different email than I was used to, for sure. Direct um, email, straight to the point. Man, so what'd you do? It. Did you give him a call? Yeah, so we set up a call. Uh, we talked. He was like, "How can I help you?" <laughs> we picked up the phone. So you got to be ready. What'd you talk? Oh man, I was I was ready. I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm building this company. I have this idea. You know, this is what I'm doing." I was like, I had a designer build out a deck. I sent it to him. He was like, uh, "This is cool, man, but like, he's like, you you, you got to get out of here." Mm-hmm. I was, and I, it was a very Actually, very actually, I was like, no, like I think I could build a company out here. Like I kept going on, like no, I think you could build something out here in Phoenix. Like I think it's great. And he's like, nah, man, I got out here, <laughs> right? And um, sounds like Nate. Yeah, Nate. Shout out to Nate. Yeah, man, Nate. Shout out to Nate Jones. And uh, that was how I met Nate. How I met Ruben um, was basically after my second visit. Um, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew that I was gonna going to move to San Francisco. I knew that I was gonna going to um, work for a technology company, and I knew that I that it was that I needed to be around people who were like minded like me, who wanted to grow as much as I wanted to grow, who wanted to be uncomfortable as much as I wanted to be uncomfortable. And you know, I followed. So basically, I set all my alerts for all the people that I follow very closely on Twitter. I have every tweet that they tweet, I get get a notification for. So Mark Andreessen was one, Balaji, Sunrasen. I had like maybe fifteen or twenty folks. Was all, Ruben one of them? Uh, no, he was not. <laughs> uh, Big mistake. Yeah, Rube was not. You I know, didn't make the cut. I uh, wasn't part of your top five. Nah, tie? top five, top Dang. five. No sir, <laughs> not at the time. Fred Wilson was one too as well. And what happened was is that basically almost like all the Andreessen Horowitz folks as well as a couple other investors retweeted this like blog post. Um, shout out to Ruben on that blog post, epic blog post, first one. What was Do you the title? What it was called? Breaking into startups. Oh. Oh. That, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. It was cool. It was real cool. Got a whole bunch of shares. I think it was actually Mark. I think it was Mark that, that retweeted it. And I was like, okay, got it. Like, who is this? Like, one of the things about me, and I'm just speaking straight, is that, like, when I see something or someone, I think everything's attainable. I don't think anything is too far out, far reached. And, like, when Ruben posted that, it was like, yeah, like he, like he basically just did what I'm going to do and he just like read about it. Like, yeah, I respect this guy. This guy should be my friend, right? Like, this naturally, this guy should be my friend. I was like, so this you guy, this, it. I was like, this guy's going to be my best friend. Like, this is, this guy's going to be a good friend of mine. Were there any witnesses when you said that? Nah, it's just mental <laughs> at the time. <laughs> it, was a, it was just mental at the time because I was, a, you know, Twitter is actually not a popular product like that in, in, in Phoenix per se. But anyway, 
So you, now you're out. So you mo- go the first time to visit Silicon Valley. You already connected with Nate. What was that like? Was that your first time being in Silicon Valley or? Ooh, my first time actually was, man, what was rough. It was rough. No one took a meeting with me. Absolutely. So no you one. bought a ticket out here. Bought a ticket, came out, stayed in Palo Alto, had a cousin who works at uh who worked at a startup, actually an Andreessen Horowitz company. Um it was like quantum physics or something, I forget the name of them. At the time, I tried to meet with investors. I came up to Silicon Valley, I came up to San Francisco, I tried to meet with this like crowdfund sourcing guy. I'll spare you his name. I'll spare him too as well. Uh, he didn't. <laughs> so you came to raise capital, man. I was coming. Around. I was coming to knock on doors, man. So I was nobody, like, so nobody gave you a meeting. How that no one, feel? no one in the world took took a meeting with me. No one responded to any emails. Tristan Walker at the time was someone I wanted to meet with. He didn't respond to me. No one took a meeting with me. It made so me. You feel- go back. You go back to Arizona after the first meeting. Uh, the first time. So I got no meetings. So yeah. like, how it made me feel? Like I it, like if it, it made me feel like I mean. I think this is a part of life and also entrepreneurship. It's yeah. just like it's just like all right, cool, like like cool. Like, oh, no one met with the no no one met, met with me this Let's month. Let's try again. I'll be back next month. Yeah. What song did you listen to on the plane ride home? At the time, I was what actually you like sound? actually yeah, sound sound the sound is key. Actually, at the time, Party Next Door was big, and then Drake had actually come out with. That's actually when SoundCloud was like like a thing then. Uh, well, still is, but you like still use SoundCloud. Yeah, sound, but the thing in the sense of like that was when it first like became a product that I used almost probably every single day. Drake had came out with no new friends. That was, that was, uh, <laughs> but then you decided that you actually wanted to, to become friends. So you, you reevaluated real life. Oh uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Drake was a definitely a huge motivator. Letting us a lot of Drake party next door was, was big. So I was a year into my relationship with my girlfriend. So listened to a lot of party next door. Yeah, man. So, you know. so you go back and then, What's your next step? Like, my, how, how are you going to get right, their attention? Right. My mindset was like, okay, you didn't meet with me this month. That's fine. You'll see me next month. Mm-hmm. And you'll meet with me. Like, you're going to, you are going to meet with me. Yeah. And that's what that was my mindset. Ironically, I came in April. I came, excuse me. I think I came in March and then I was going to come back end of April. So I teed everything up for like, you know, I was talking to these guys like I lived here, you know, and make it really noticeable that I didn't live here. And at the time, I was really bugging Nate. <laughs> he didn't meet with me the first time. <laughs> I was really bugging Nate. I was like, you got to meet, got to meet. So finally, he sends me like a link to actually a Code 2040, uh, Code 2040 fundraising, like a fundraising party. It was fundraising or end of the year party, something like that, which is ironic because obviously that's Tristan's organization. And I was also bugging Tristan, bugging Tristan. For the people that don't know what's Code 2040. Code 2040 is essentially an organization that Tristan Walker and his co-founder, Forgive me, forget her name. Laura. Laura. Powers. Laura, Laura, Laura Powers. Thank you uh, for, for taking it off my tongue. They started together, former Stanford GSB students. They started together to essentially um, have minorities break into tech. As you know, the, if you're probably wondering what 20, the 2040 means is that by 2040, the majority of the United States will be minority led. And their, their vision is that when that happens, these companies particularly Silicon Valley companies, will look a lot like the world or look a lot, a lot like America then. Well, so. it's more like the, the world is going to be, the U.S. is going to be majority minority, and it's very important to get us into tech so that, you know, we can learn how to leverage technology and things like that. 100%. Got it. So sounds like you go to this party. You already have some meetings teed up. Yeah. So I actually, I actually met with Tristan. I'm actually, I'm actually going with TW first. 
And I really I played it off real smooth. So I make the TW first. It's TW Tristan Walker. Tristan Walker. Yeah. Sorry guys. So I'm abbreviating for uh, Tristan Walker. Tristan was super cool. Uh, I was like, yeah, man. It's like I think you have a great idea. This is an awesome idea. I would like, but you know, there, immediately I knew that he was hesitating. Uh, there was a big butt there, and he was just like, number one, like you need to move out here because the knowledge the knowledge capital that you're going to need like you need to be here in order to be able to cap- capitalize on that and i was like i didn't i literally didn't understand like the, the feedback he gave me i didn't understand at all so and i was like oh yeah as we were leaving i was like hey man just let you know like i'm actually going to the code 2040 event on, like on friday night man it should be should be cool it should be fun and he's like oh you're coming i was like yeah it should be great he's like oh man dope should see you there so that was cool so i so when i got there me and my girlfriend we got there I met actually a good friend of mine, uh, my boy, Xavier Fuller. Um, Xavier Fuller is actually a catalyst for me actually really moving out here. Um, shout out to Xavier um, and Yenny, the Fullers. But then also, too, that night was when I really met Nate. So that was my first time actually meeting Nate at the party because he was like, yo, I'm going to the party. He like sent me the link like, hey, where do you want to meet? And I was like, oh, wherever you want to meet. He's like, I'm going to this party. So I went to the party. And ironically, I was there. It all worked out. I met Nate. Nate was super cool. He's like, hey, man. Sorry about that. Da, 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 da. Let's meet tomorrow in Mountain View. I was like, great. So meeting Nate and then also to Tony, Tristan had introduced me to Tony Guada. Tony Guada is actually a mentor of mine today too as well, um, along with those three, all of those two guys. And they just basically just like told me straight up. It was like, yo, like, do you feel like you're the best person in the world to do this right now? And that was a decision. And I looked them in their eyes and it was like, and it was like listen, like you have to be the best in the world. Like venture capital is surrounded around you being the best in the world. And I looked at myself and I looked at the idea and I was just like, I don't think I'm ready to be the best in the world yet. I think there's some things I still need to learn. And it was like, that's totally fine. So you should move out here. <laughs> and they all, yeah. and so they it all. was the same advice. From it was here. the same advice from multiple people. Like I literally met with all three of them within 24 hours from Tristan's meeting, I think the day before. And they all said exactly the same thing. I mean, and mind you, at the time, Tristan had only raised about like, I think at the time he had only raised six million dollars nate had literally closed his round that weekend for ag locals like a second series round tony had started Bitcasa, which had raised up until that point 25 million dollars so these are all guys who have been around the block right like i was talking to people who had actually raised money and they're just like listen like this is what it is so so it, it sounds like you actually did pretty good research around like you weren't just contacting people on twitter like randoms you actually looked at the landscape you identified the top vc firms you look at their portfolio companies you found people you could relate to and you took actionable steps, which led you to realization that you weren't ready yet, but it led you to the next thing, which is you coming out to San Francisco, right? 100%. Yeah. And I remember when I met you, it was at the screening for Straight Out of Compton and you were giving us a ride down to Palo Alto. And I remember you saying like over and over again that, hey, for the next month or something like that, you already have every single lunch and dinner scheduled. <laughs> all sorts of people and i was like dude so you mean like every single lunch for the next month you already have you're meeting a brand new person you're like yep i already got this uh, got the whole calendar filled <laughs> can you tell me a little bit more tell listeners a little bit more about kind of what were you doing there because you were still pretty fresh in san francisco yeah um, yeah man uh I, I forgot about that so uh yeah so that was like i think around august i had literally just met i had just met ruben like man maybe like five days ago he's like oh are you going to the shredder conference like yeah let's go so let's go to get let's go to get did nate introduce you to ruben yeah so i hit 
So what happened was that when I finally moved out, I was like, Nate, I'm here. He's like, dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after I put down $8,000 on a brand new apartment and had no money in my bank account. He's like, dope. And I was like, oh, well. Like, <laughs> like, great. Um, you know, uh, and then uh, like maybe like a week or two later, I was like, yo, do you know Ruben Harris? I need you to introduce me to Ruben Harris. So literally Nate's like, dope, got it. Easy. <laughs> Easy, right? So what he does, so I'm like, I'm literally looking at my phone waiting to see if he was going to text me back. And it, I don't know if you guys, you guys, we all know the, the legendary three dots that come up on iMessage. The three dots come up. And like it completely drops off, and I'm like, "Is this guy going to introduce me to?" Ruben? Oh man! So what he does is he actually direct, like he directly texts, like instead of an email, he like directly texts Ruben and texts me in a group message. He's like, "Ruben, Ty's doing exactly what you did. He's dope. Meet him. Ruben, meet Ty." And that was it. Um, yep, that's how it works. That literally what was it. And real I just, recognize real exactly. That's literally yeah. That, that's exactly. And, and Nate did the same thing for me. Nate's Nate's the big homie. He's like my big brother as well. And you know you got to pay it forward. So shout out to Nate again. I know we gave him a hell of shout outs yeah. already, but yeah. you know, yeah. So that's what happened, man. That's how I met Rube. And uh, you know, when when uh at that particular moment, I was in that mindset of just leveraging, you know, TW leveraging, you know, Nate. I had also met at the time, I had met multiple people like off of Twitter. You know, I met Hunter Walk. I had met, you know, just like different man. And you were, and you were treating finding a job like a full time job. It sounds like because you were scheduling all these lunches. Were were you trying to find a job or were you still trying to pursue the business idea living in San Francisco? I'm going to give you, give it to you straight. Do it. I was, (laughs) I was really trying to find the, the single most single most best opportunity for me and like i think that like a lot of people you know there's different approaches everyone some people like apply to a whole bunch of places and like google and facebook and start the big companies or whatever uber and like i wasn't really trying to do that i was really trying to meet the people that that controlled mindshare in silicon valley and knowledge and understand more about like understand why they how they got to where they got to what they did to get to the to the point to that point and just try to find the the real young companies because I wanted to learn passion. I want to learn intensity. I wanted to learn how to focus even harder than what I've ever learned how to focus before uh, when I was, you know, playing basketball and stuff. So, Got it. Got it. And so, you know, as you were going through this whole discovery process, you know, you met a lot of people and you talked to me. We had a lot of conversations about the roles that you were considering. Yep. You know, what was your thought process like? Yeah, man. So like convoluted yeah Ruben definitely Ruben was definitely one of those people that helped a ton my you know at at, the, at this at that particular junction I would say by spring of 2016 was when I really wanted to find the right opportunity for myself because I had I, had, I really I had reached a point where I felt like I knew everyone so my thought process man was just like there is I believe in the power of one and what that means is that you know finding the right career or the right job or the right company or anything that anything like even becoming rich right like you don't need to become rich being rich is not like playing basketball in order for you to become the best in order for you to become be considered one of the best basketball players you literally have to score put the ball in the hole twenty five thousand times there you go <laughs> right whereas like becoming rich is like dude you just you become rich one time right like you should, you should be good right and like you should find one job 
And you should be establish yourself from that one shot or that one opportunity. And that's what my mind was focused on. It's like, I need to find one opportunity. Not, I don't need six offers. I need one really good one for me. And that was my mindset. Got it. So what, what were your steps? Like, how did you look at companies? How did you evaluate them? And then what Once, roles did you look well, at? Well, yeah. Before, before yeah. that, you know, yeah. you were, you were laser focused on product management. Oh man. What did I, Let's what talk did, about what this. did I tell you about product management? <laughs> you told me a lot. <laughs> We don't have enough time in this for the PF stuff. But, uh, so one of the things that I got from, you know, my mentors that I mentioned prior, there's also other mentors in my life that really, really blessed me is that like going back to the power of one, there's actually only one unique thing that you are called to do. Um, I believe like initially to start out at least. And that for me, I fought that actually fought that a lot. Like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to force my way to be something that I probably wasn't ready to be, nor was I supposed to be. I think like, I don't think that like, I think I don't think like my passions, my skills, and that my talents doesn't all unique, you like perfectly align with product management. I think I'm like really good at like managing in a sense, but like I really fought that. And I think that what I really wanted was I just wanted impact. I wanted impact. And I think a lot of our listeners could relate to that because a lot of people going from the business world into startups, they look around and then they kind of see different categories of jobs, some that are super technical, and then there's some that are more kind of less technical and then there's something in the middle that's kind of called product management and you're like well like i did business i understand things i want something difficult i want something challenging and a lot of people kind of lean towards product management because they're like hey this is this could be a perfect fit you work in technology you're between engineering and business you get to have a lot of say in what products get built but then also some people were made to be product managers but some people kind of lead themselves astray by pursuing this career so can you go a little bit deeper on when you realized that that wasn't r- the right fit for you? You have to really, really look inwardly and you have to say, is this the, I hate to bring it up, but like, is this the 10X me? Is this like, is this me? If I were to look solely at like my skills and my talents and my passions and everything that I love and all of everything, everything about me, is this the one thing that, you know, going back to power one and like, it wasn't like, it, it's like one of, it's like something I really enjoy. It's almost like, you know, as a basketball player, like I'm like, I wasn't a pass first player, but I was really good at identifying when I needed to be a pass first player. Mm-hmm. Like I knew very qu- like if I was on the same floor with Kobe, like all right, man, listen, that ball is going to Kobe every time, right? <laughs> you know. So, so just because you could do certain moves Ex- doesn't mean exactly like that's your that's, like that's the thing your your thing like or your shot, right? Exactly. You know, you you might be you could do layups, but your shot might be the three pointer, right? Or and and it's kind of like the thing that you said before, which was like you know. Life isn't all about money. My kind of like a means towards something that's much bigger. And just like when people think about careers, a lot of times they think about, you know, it's just this job. Right. But it's more like, who am I? And like, how is my role going to get me to whatever that's going to be? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think for me, it was just like, what is my ethos, man? What am I really about? And do that one. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to do six different things to like, for people to believe your ethos, for people to see your ethos. You just got to do one, do it very, very well. Would you also say that, um, to just like to what Arthur was saying earlier, I think initially when people look at tech from the outside world, they see 
several categories of jobs. But then once you actually start looking at different startups, you start seeing roles like customer success, right. data analyst, data science, like project management, scrum master, right. growth, growth hacking. And then you start realizing that, hey, like there might be other roles out there that fit my personality type that like biz dev roles. So did you feel, did you find yourself learning more about the various types of roles that fit your personality time better? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to give it a little tactical advice. One of the things that I do, I study a lot. I read up on a lot of companies. I'm an avid Bloomberg technology. Please, hopefully we can put this in the show notes. Like I read, if you are not in tech, the easiest thing that you could ever do to yourself is turn your downtime, your downtime into time where you're actually subconsciously learning. So one of the things that I always do is like I watch Bloomberg Tech TV. Like I used to watch Bloomberg TV every single day. And that literally got my mind and knowledge on companies up to speed. You also listen to like Scott Galloway videos. And yeah. Like that too. I, yeah. I, I really immerse myself into just tech in general. So and, like and you're a podcast listener. Tell them some podcasts you listen to. Man, I am listening to quite a few right now. I think, uh, obviously, I'm going to listen to you guys. This is every single Breaking the Stars podcast. But the one that I actually, you know, would really, really kind of kind of recommend is, you know, honestly, there's one called The Pitch Deck that I really enjoyed. Uh, just like it has like a lot of VCs and, and, and you know, some, some smaller seed fund guys. People that like aren't Fred Wilson, right, and, not, and are not Mark Andreessen, you want to hear from those guys, right? Because like they're fresh into the game and they have all sorts of, kind of um, insights. One of the ones that I'm really enjoying right now is called, is by NPR called uh, How I Built This. Oh yeah, it's great. Love that. I love Recode Decode by Kara Swisher, right? You get to literally hear from the tech luminaries. They, they typically drop a lot of gems around, oh, I interviewed this person and da, 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 da. Or yeah, you know, uh, they might mention a specific thing or a specific place in Silicon Valley where certain people hang out. It's just good to understand things like that. So, so did you write those places that people hang out? 100%. In? And speaking of places that people hang out during the pre-chat, you mentioned that one of your buddies uh, what, that you shouted out. Xavier Fuller. Xavier Fuller, you know, told you about a place to hang out that kind of led you towards, you know, finding that role that, that you're currently in. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So my first visit obviously was a complete flop. My second visit, I met Xavier and, and actually took my girlfriend out for her birthday with me. So it, it, it worked out. Ironically, that was the most successful trip. <laughs> Um, bring your support with you. There you go, man. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Cece for holding you down. Yeah, this man. Whole time. Love her. So I had met Xavier, and Xavier was there with his wife, and they were like a newlywed too as well. So it was great. It's just we just hit it off, just natural friends. And then uh, when I finally moved out, I was like, hey, buddy, like, like you know, let's let's get together. Like there was many times when I would come out, and like I think my I think my first visit, I like I like missed my flight. He like let me sleep on his couch. Streaming economy guy. So. Uh, Third or second day I was here in San Francisco in 2015, like around like June 1st or right around the NBA Finals. Uh, we go and we watch, watch the NBA Finals. And that was the first day that I met Tom, Tom McLeod, our CEO and uh, leader of the band here at Omni. Uh, he was, he's like, he was wearing the same hat that he always probably wears, which is uh, either a New York Yankees hat or a Omni hat. Uh, his beard was perfectly trimmed. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. <laughs> uh, shout, out to, shout out to Tom. And then, uh, yeah, so Xavier was like, yo, Ty, have you met Tom? I was like, nah, man. Like, he's like, yo, you got to meet Tom. You got to hear his ideas. And I was like, okay. You know, and I think at that moment, you know, I, 
Silicon Valley is a place where everyone is building something. You go to, you know, you talk to the average person in the library and they're building something. And uh, when coffee shops, someone's com- pitching a company. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. But this wasn't this wasn't just a coffee shop. Where nah. were you? We were at the battery. Shout um, out to Michael Birch. Yeah. The battery is uh, a cool place. So we're at the battery. And uh, yeah, Tom's just like, yeah, man, I'm building a storage thing. And we start when we're watching the game. And at the time, this is June, June 2015. So if you just want to kind of think about the team, the lineups of the teams, I think it was the Cavaliers versus uh, the Golden State Warriors. And they still had David Lee on the team. And I was frustrated. I was like, man, like, I don't understand why David Lee's like not playing anymore. He's like, oh, like David Lee's an investor. So then I give like actually like give Xavier a look and I look back at Tom and like Tom like said that very casually. I and mean, I was like, David Lee's like a pretty smart guy. I would David Lee listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, you know, that was that. That was that. And then, you know, Tom was super cool. And then uh, honestly, I didn't think much of the guy, to be brutally honest. At first. At first. Didn't think of much of him. Just, you know, another guy building something. He's like, yeah, raise $1.5 I was like, okay. I know a lot of people who raise more money. But anyway. Like, I like I didn't think he was bad. I just, you know, Silicon Valley, you it's get. It's pretty commonplace. It's just like, a common thing that here. So that was that. And then we, um, one of the things that I really, 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 really would like to stress is that, like, in Silicon Valley and in, and in general in the entire world, you should never underestimate absolutely no one. And even though Tom was, he was actually impressive, right? But, you know, it just was unbelievable that, like, this guy is actually, like, had actually raised money from an NBA player that, like, I thoroughly respect big time. And that was the moment. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, like, I might as well just, like, you know, I might as well just take this guy up, up on his offer. Let me go see the thing that he's building. Let me be respectful to him at least. It's the least I could do. So I end up, Again, uh, Twitter is the new LinkedIn. I end up literally tweeting at him. I was like, yo, Tom, like TM, like we haven't met up yet, but let's let, let, let me come out of the office. He, I mean, within 30 minutes, this guy like sets it up with his EA. I'm there at the office probably the next week, within the next week. So I go through, this is, you know, his first warehouse and it's literally a garage. It's literally like a glorified, maybe 20 foot, 15 foot garage. I walk in and I'm like, damn, this, this place is small, but it's tall. So he has items already in there. He has stuff stored already in it. And I'm like, okay, the guy is actually doing exactly what he said he was doing. <laughs> like, there's stuff in this place. I'm like, okay. So he wasn't just talking about it. He nah, was doing man. something about nah, it. Man. He it was wasn't t- like a mobile app that had 100,000 exactly. users. Exactly. You know, one day. Physical goods. He's yeah. about that action. Oh, nah, man, he's about that action. I was just okay. like, okay. All right. And then, you know, we peek around a corner. and He shows me, like, you know, all the, the amazing IP that they, like, custom-made built. And then uh, I start to, you know, one of the things that I always do when I meet companies or my founders is I start to have a running calculator. So I have a running calculator. And I think everyone, when you, when you go in your interviews for, for startups and stuff like that, you should have a running calculator for companies. You should be thinking, how much money are they spending? Oh, they raised $1.5 million. You know, I, I knew a little bit about real estate at the time. So I knew, like, I kind of knew ballpark how much he was paying on rent just by the location of the place. I just took a guess. And then I from his pricing model, I could kind of see that he was like literally making money. And then I was like counting the bodies in there. It was only like three, four people in there. I was like, man, this guy's this guy's like not paying anybody. <laughs> he's not making, spending crazy money on nah, swag. He's not, nah, he's not doing none of that crazy scrappy. stuff. Scrappy. This guy's scrappy. So I was Fo- like, focus on growth and profitability. Literally. You can okay. see it from jump. And I'm like, and, and you know, he has IP there. I'm like, wow. 
So that was that interaction, right? Didn't take the guy for granted. He actually really, he impressed me in the first jump and he, you know, impressed me in the second jump. That was that there. What's the takeaway for our listeners? I think the biggest takeaway is absolutely, you know, never underestimate absolutely no one. You know, I met the love of my life inside of Office Max, right? Tell us that story. <laughs> I mean, I think so, like, j- just just to be brutally honest, I just think that, like, people literally, sorry, guys, I'm just getting a little. Go in. You know, really, like, underestimate what life can really bring to them. Yeah. And one of the things that I made sure, and I don't know, maybe 19, 18, 20, where I just said, you know, I'm going to stop acting like I'm not going to walk or meet a billionaire tomorrow. Or I'm going to act and stop walking around like I'm not going to meet my dream girl at Circle K. I'm done. I'm done with it. Right. Like, you know, like that was it. And, and, I, and what that did to me is that like I never took anything for granted. I was always appreciative. I always said thank you probably more than I probably should. I went into rooms and I like most people would probably took Tom for like, look at this guy. He has a hat on. He doesn't look like, you know, like one of the things that, you know, people just doubt people. Yeah. That we naturally think that people are not going to be great. And that's absolutely wrong. So, I mean, when you told us a story about how you met the, the love of your life and you were working at, at Office Max, you actually dropped a lot of gems. Yeah. Right. And take us back. To how did you meet the love of your life? You were working at Office Max. Yeah. So you saw your dream. What'd you do? I mean, listen, so <laughs> I'm Give si- us the 10x version, please. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, 10x time. <laughs> this that's podcast they call is you, not right? just about breaking into startup. <laughs> It's a mindset. So, I mean, so at the time I was I was running my little trading company and I thought that I should go get a job within within like a little retailer so that I can, you know, kind of supplement the income cuz I was doing it in the evening. So, anyway, I'm at the counter, I'm at the register. I don't think anything of this job. I hate it. You know, I'm like week I'm like day 3 into it. I see this girl in this gray dress get out of the car and I can see her literally walking in all the way from the parking lot into like I can see her. and I'm like that's it that's the one <laughs> that like that's absolutely the one so she walks in I'm like I don't care what happens blood or or not I'm talking to her it doesn't matter like like I'm not going to I'm going to be thankful for even seeing this person walk through the door I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to seize the opportunity she walks in she looks to the left I don't make eye contact with her. She walks around. She ends up asking me a question. She's like, hey, like, where is something something is? And I'm just like, hey, like, yeah, it's here. And I show her around. And she comes to the register. She gets to the register. And unfortunately, I'm the only cashier. A older woman, senior, comes up to the front. And she's like, you know, and then the girl that I, you know, my dream, basically, comes up behind her. And I'm like, damn it. You know? <laughs> And so, so I really want everyone to understand. So essentially, my dream is behind the older lady, and then another old lady comes behind behind my dream. So now she's sandwiched between two <laughs> two people who are going to take a, you know their time, right? So the first I check the first lady out, and then now I'm and I know when she approaches, I need to buy myself some time. I need to somehow, some way, buy myself some time and not make her feel pressured to want to be you know check out and leave. So I I literally grab my register, grab my. Uh, my walkie-talkie, I call one of my colleagues from the back who was, where, you know, doing like the, the pickup or whatever. What do you call it? The uh, the uh, inventory. The inventory. Exactly. Thank you so much. He was doing inventory like the back corner of the warehouse. I was like, hey, man, I need some backup help. So he gets there. 
and I'm talking to Cece. Shout out to the wingman. Yeah, I'm getting to him talking to Cece, and he's like, uh, like kind of confused. He's like, "Where? I thought there was traffic." I was like, "I was like," and I did. I actually did. I actually completely ignored him, and I just talked to you know the actual uh, the older lady, and I was like, "Hey." Miss, 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 uh, th- that, that gentleman's going to check you out right there. And she just, <laughs> she just said, no problem. I mean, that was it, man. I, I basically, I don't even, I can't even remember what I said. But all I know is that I did not take her for granted. I said, you know, something. And, you know, the rest is history. It's a girl yeah. I've been with for four, four or five years now. Yeah, I think, I think the strongest takeaway from, from that story is you said, you said, when you find your dream, you never let your dream walk past 100%. you. 100%. And that's the same thing that you did, you know, when you saw Tom. Well, it's, it's actually not not exactly what you did. You kind of did. You kind of like saw the tour, but you weren't fully convinced, or like it, it stuck with your head. You you were convinced enough. He it's, sold you to use the product. One, he yeah. I mean, he he sold me on you know like what well, number one the like him as a, like as a person. Like it was like it was I, like I, like all right, this is a guy that like I, I would be totally fine inviting over for Thanksgiving at my mom's house. He's about that life, right? You know, like this is this is great. Right. You know, like the guy's actually doing what he said he's doing. He's not lying. Like he's not he's not exaggerating overtly. Right. These are all true things. And I hit the angel list. David Lee was an investor. He like put it, you know, it was all verified. It was cool. So, yeah. Fast forward, you know. Yeah. So fast forward. Um, at that point, even though you made that connection with Tom, you didn't talk about jobs. It was just you building this relationship. Right. Getting to know him better. It wasn't like, hey, I just want to go there so I can spend 10 minutes with Tom and then drop my resume off. It was just like a genuine interest in the company and just building a relationship, right? 100%. I, I think that's how, for me, that's how I made, you know, pretty much all my my resume get far. <laughs> yeah. Was that, so like I realized, and just speak clean, I was at a disadvantage, extreme disadvantage. I had to use the things that I do extremely well to my advantage, like, you know, being personable, like making friends, like showing a genuine interest. Like how many people actually probably hit Tom up during that time frame? Probably not that like off of Twitter that he had met a, a month or two prior. Probably not that many. So like I had to use those things because, you know, listen, like I don't have a Stanford degree. I don't have I don't come from money. I am not privileged. Like I, I, I'm not from San Francisco. Like I have a lot of negatives, right? You know, or demerits, as you want to call it. I mean, I knew that I had to somehow, some way, leverage something to distinguish and differentiate myself. Yeah, and, and your res- your resume is w- wasn't typical, and you did a bunch of interviews. You know, what were those experiences like, and what kind of roles were you interviewing for? And talk us through that. So I quickly found out that the product manager thing was going to be like. Like if I wanted to be a product manager, I essentially would need to complete my complete a bunch of degrees, probably learn how to code a little bit, probably go be an engineer first, which I totally don't look down upon at all. But then I just I just really just kind of I like looked at it and worked. I was working my my way back from what I would from what an actual role as a product manager would be. And I just realized that like, you know, the like what I'm actually searching for and what I'm actually looking for is impact. And then I mean, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I think that you know, for our listeners, the experience that you had thinking about this was is, is also very helpful too. And I, I remember uh, finally, like as you were kind of just like sharing your stream of consciousness about how you wanted to think about life and how you wanted to make this impact, that you realized that to become a product manager, most people don't start off as product managers. And that if you wanted to become a product manager, 
you wanted to take the approach or we had a conversation where we came to the conclusion where you were going to lateral into this position and you started off by looking at sales roles. Correct. Yeah. So I started looking at, I looked at my current skills today and I was like, okay, so what are the things that can allow me to, to be a PM one day? And like, and just to be very clear, like, I don't feel like I need to be a PM one day <laughs> anymore, but I did believe that and going into tech. But anyway, so yeah, going through the interview process explicitly with different companies was actually a bit rough. Very, 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 very rough. I remember. Very rough. Same here. Extremely rough. So talk about it. There was one, actually a hot company now. I, again, through Twitter, met the founder, got his email, emailed him, took a genuine interest in his company. He was like, yo, let's get coffee. We got coffee once. We got coffee maybe twice. Genuine interest in the guy. Thought it was cool. And he thought highly of me. I get intro to his... uh the guy who's going to, I might be working for. Like the hiring manager. Yeah, yeah, hiring manager, whoever you want to call it. Early founder. And I guess that was the first time that I kind of experienced some some implicit biases. And I think it's important that I tell the listeners this story. So essentially, we go in our interview, like it's an interview or a meeting. And we walk around, we're walking around uh, kind of the Soma area. And he's like, uh, yeah, so like, tell me about your background. Great. Oh, this is cool. Okay. Um, and are you still planning on going to school? Because... Um, and he was just like, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like school's not a barrier right now. Like I, you know, do it online and it's, uh, it's not something that's really, that gets in the way. And I was like, and then, and then he was like, excuse me. And he was like, oh, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to work for this company. And it was like, it was like maybe 60 seconds into the interview. So it's, like, it's a possible way. Because you didn't finish school. At the time, that's what it felt like. Yeah. What really what it was when we finished the entire, <laughs> entire walk around the block was that he had actually dropped out. And there was absolutely no way that he would allow someone else to take the token dropout position right. in the company for the brand. Right. Hold on. What do you mean dropped out? So he had dropped out of school to join the company. Oh. And I wasn't. And I said that I, I didn't say the, the answer that he was looking for was you need to drop out. Right. And like come to find out after the entire interview. Got it. So I think Arthur brought up a great point. So while you're doing the interview, you're actually still in school. Correct. Got Taking it. Online classes. Taking online classes. Correct. Trying to better myself. Trying to better yourself because you're passionate about education, which we'll touch on a little bit why education is important being Nigerian. But he wanted you to drop out. Yeah. He had dropped out from a top five business school and was like, there's absolutely no way that there's too much work here for someone to even can try to go to school. It was just like, yeah. So got it. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of highlight here that. Sometimes you go through an interview, you put your heart out on the line and then you don't get the job. And you, sometimes you think, hey, my performance was the factor. But most likely, more, more often than not, it's like outside factors, biases, things that come into the equation behind the scenes. You have no idea like what's even happening. And then it's important not to take it, up, take it on yourself and blame your performance for not getting the offer. Instead, you should be thinking, hey, there's probably some other element that I'm not aware of and I'm just going to keep going and do my best. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's definitely what I wanted to share with the listeners is that like, you know, that had zero to do with my capacity as a person, my capacity to learn, my potential, my skills today, what I bring to the table, my knowledge of that particular thing within that company. Nothing. It was yeah. it was just the mere fact that, you know, you know, this person had not had dropped out of school for sure. There's no way that he's going to hire someone who's in school. It just doesn't make any sense to that 
to that framework of thought. So yeah, and some people are just genuinely bad at interviewing, or a lot of people are, because a lot of the times you'll have like the founder who might be an engineer who now has to recruit a whole team. So now you're asking someone to use some maybe like some other skill set that they're not necessarily an expert in to recruit a team. So it is natural that some people might come off a little bit like either straightforward or, but it never should be a reflection of who you are. I do remember one time um, from one of your interviews where uh oh, <laughs> that was another moment when uh, you also felt kind of like down and oh, yeah. you got rejected. Oh, yeah. But your interviewer did something nice to you, right? He oh, yeah. he actually wrote you an email with uh, like six or seven bullet points on what he thought you can do better, right? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so instance? so so one of the things that, one of the words that I, I definitely want to coin as well as the 10X thing is um, no pride. You should have no pride. What that means is that, you know, you should have no pride. You should be super humble. Right. And like something that I learned, you know, growing up in Nigeria is that like you should always be willing to go get your bath water from the well, no matter what. Take a cold shower. Right. You don't got to just always, no matter what. And with that particular situation, it wasn't even a company that I really, really desperately wanted to work for. I just had definitely to, to, to put that out there. But it was like, you know, I was just I was going through, I was definitely interviewing. I was going through the motions for sure. And like I actually thought that like this is an in the bag. <laughs> like I really thought that this was an in the bag. This was like an in the bag opportunity. This is too easy. I went in it very confident. I'm typically confident, but I went in and and it just was it was all bad, right? And I think you you guys saw me. I think that was my lowest. Oh yeah, you were hurting because it was like what? Like you rejected me, and it was it yeah, it was definitely a low point. But the gentleman actually sent a really thoughtful email, man, and it's like, hey, these are the reasons why. Da, 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 what da. were the reasons? Do you remember a few? Yeah, of them? pull it up, pull it up. And while you're pulling it up, I think I think it's a very important point because a lot of times when people get rejected, they get feedback like the feedback that you got, and they don't read it because of the pride or because they're so devastated and it clouds their mind, and they don't realize that they're being told what they don't know that's going to make them better for the next thing. But also, they forget to even ask for feedback. Yep. And and when you ask for that feedback, you know that's one of the most powerful things that you can do because that's actually going to be something you carry with you for your entire life not even when you're just looking for a job it might just be the way that you tell your story and how you present yourself and i remember when i got rejected like over you know once i learned this you know after asking for feedback 20 times 30 times you get really really strong at, at understanding your story and how to speak with other people and, and um yeah yeah and let's be honest like truth actually hurts especially when you're just starting out interviewing for jobs that you might be a little bit underqualified for. I can relate to those experiences, learning how to code and trying to become an engineer. And I think one of the greatest things that the other person sitting on the other side of the table can do is give you honest feedback. Because most of the time when you do get rejected, it's usually like, hey, like you don't have enough experience or like, hey, they'll come up with some like nice general way to deny you. But you can really use that experience and better yourself. So whenever someone actually goes out of their way to tell you the feedback, it's actually a great thing. And you should also ask for feedback like Ruben was saying. But Ty, it looks like you pulled up the email. Yeah, man. I'll just run through the bullet points. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six. You actually are. Break it down. Tamor has an excellent memory. Great job, man. I just remember you were pretty hurt at that time. 
Yeah, it was annoying. Uh, that's what it was, really more was. And then I was definitely, uh, I heard about it. Um, yeah, so so going into this, again, I think I mentioned it. So like I was really trying to, uh, I really felt that, that this was like role that was beneath me in a sense. I went in with too much. No pride. Exactly. No pride. Yeah. Break it down. And what was the role that you applied <laughs> break, for? Break down the feedback. What was the role that you applied for? It was an SDR role. It was an SDR mm-hmm. role. What is SDR for the listeners? Um, sales development rep. And sales so development rep. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Break it it's down. It's an entry sales role. Basically, you're reaching out and generating leads for account managers. Yeah. And account managers are the closers. So a lot of times you're going to be setting up calls for people and on the inside, on the phone, searching for leads or working with the marketing team. And then the account executives are closing the business and keeping the lights on. Yeah. And before you even read it, Ty, like, I do want to say that you're exposing some of your vulnerable sides in this email. So we do appreciate you looking into it because I can go through a dozen of emails when I got rejected. And it, pr- it probably isn't fun just reading what the rejection is. But the listeners will definitely appreciate and they'll learn a lot from some of the bullet points that the person mentioned to you. Yeah. So I'll just read the high level. So be cognizant of the position you're applying for. That's one. Be direct and succinct. So let's break it down. So we don't have to go too deep into the bullet point, but what what do you think that person meant when they said? So like at the uh, time, the I think that like you know I was I was uh, overconfident. I didn't or? know. Yeah, I was definitely overconfident when I came to this interview, and I didn't break. The, I I didn't speak to the role. You were also still focused on product management. I remember. Yeah. So when you were talking about this role, I remember when you sh- you spoke it back to me. You still were framing your conversation around product management. If you're thinking about this as a stepping stone, your interviewer can tell. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that really showed. Be direct and succinct and to the point in your replies. Defer to the interview into the interviewer. Indicate tangible experience. That's what is uh? What do you mean by like? What's your interpretation of defer to the interviewer? Do you want me to get? I think. I mean, specifically, I just think that with this role, he wasn't. With this role, I was I didn't speak I didn't speak to I did not speak to the role. Mm. That's just like yeah. the yeah. the theme throughout the whole thing. So. I also think that when someone says refer to the interviewer, it's people like to talk about themselves. Like for example, like right now we're interviewing you, and I'm talking. I cut you off. You know, sometimes people people do that, and a lot of times, like you know, after you've demonstrated that you know what you're doing, a lot of times it's all about just getting them to talk about themselves and see themselves in you. And, you know, you wait until they take a breath and then you go in. So deferring to the interview. Show rather than tell. So results oriented. Nah. That's 100% what it is. So so this is literally specific. I didn't get the feeling that this is where you wanted to be or that this role was the right for you. So that was very clear. Right. And I think going back, pointing back to Ruben's point. Right. Too. So so I think that was very clear throughout the entire interview. But (laughs) the next point is you did your homework. And it did a lot of great things in the interview to demonstrate that. But no one was able to get a good feel if you were actually really right for this particular job. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it sounds like, to your point, we're going back to when we talked about this and you were really done. You're like, they didn't want me. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, actually, this is great feedback. They said, you were on point. It just sounds like in every single piece of feedback that you really didn't want to be there. And you're still talking that way. And they clearly, okay. <laughs> looking back and where you are now, they clearly did you a favor, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. So that's just some another point for uh, everyone listening right now is to realize sometimes things will just happen for a reason. And um, if you're your not struggle. ready, yes, trust your struggle. If you're not ready for that role, there's going to be other companies out there that will give you the job. 
Yeah. The power of one, going back to that, you know, I think that's what it was. I wanted to be at one particular place. So take us to, um, kind of take us forward to kind of how did you get to where you are now and what did you have to do to get this role? So, and also explain what Omni does. Please. Yeah. 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 No problem. Yeah. So, Around that same time when I interviewed at, at that particular company, I, you know, was really trying to zone in on the type of companies I really wanted to interview for and where I wanted to work and wanted to put my energy and time to. So at that particular moment, I believe, ironically enough, I think right around that time frame, me, I think me and Ruben had already went to, we got in. So we were in the car. I remember we were in, we were in my car. We were driving back from Concord. Um, we were on the Oakland Bridge, and he's like, "Yo, like Eric Tornberg, you know, we we just referred to him as Tornberg. Shout out to Eric Tornberg. Shout out to Eric, and he had an on deck dinner. Yeah, so he had an on deck dinner. So Tornberg had an on, an on deck dinner. And Ruben was just like, oh, man, like you know, man, like, I'm kind of tired, man. Like you know, I want to go home.' <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, man, you want to go home? I kind of want to go home." <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, and it, it was funny because we literally were like, you know, we, we normally go like to Conquer, all. Conquer's like an hour from San Francisco. Yeah, it sucks. And we were doing that commute every day yeah. after being at the gym at like yeah. 5 a.m. Yeah, so, so, so we, like, were, we were tired, man. It was like, it was like six-ish. So we were tired. And then at the same time, we were hitting traffic. So we're like getting closer and closer to the city and like it's like 25 miles per hour. We're, we're going to get there late. We're going to get there late. Like Ruben's like, oh man, the thing starts at six. CC was at home, about to cook dinner. Exactly. So you know, CC was at home, and I was like, man, like you know, I don't want to get CC mad. I, exactly. You know, I don't want to eat my food uh, and be sweating at her too as well. So Ruben, by the time we get to like, I don't know, we get to like Treasure Island on the bridge, we're like, let's just go. Yeah, Eric's the homie, so you yeah, know, we gotta hold it down for exactly. For Eric. So that's what happened, and we were just like, man, let's let's just, let's just go, let's just do it. So, you know, I was like, dude, it's kind of close to my house. I mean, I guess you could just like catch dinner at my house afterwards. So like we just kind of we literally honestly just, you know, compartmentalize it in our head. That was a legendary day. Met, I finally met for the second time Aaron Battalion. Um, shout out to Aaron Battalion. Best over at Lightspeed Ventures. Living social. Yes, sir. Uh, met, uh, finally got face to face with Michael Seibel. Um, shout out to Michael. Yes. Shout out to Michael Seibel. And that was a legendary day that I met my guy, Ryan Delk, over at uh, our, our VP of business and uh, growth here at Omni. So I met, I met Delk really informally. Like, it was just like, hey, man, like, nice to meet you. We were eating, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken and yeah. biscuits. It was, like, <laughs> our first cheat meal of the week. But yeah. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. So that was, the, that was the moment where I met Ryan Delk. And also, you know. Morgan Beller was there. Yeah, Morgan Beller Kimmy was there. Kimmy Scotty from ABC. Um, Eric Eric has a knack for bringing people exactly. together. Yeah, Eric is Eric is really good at this. So you know, Tiffany Zong was there. Shout out to Shout Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany. Yeah. So you know, it was cool. It was a really cool, and it was like a it was a great cause. It was like a church. You know that that really gives oh, back. It was, to the it was like a charity for homeless people. We loved it, man. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a great night. It's like it was, City of Hope or something yeah, like that. That's what it, it's called. Yeah, it was a great night. So. At the end of the night, what happened? At the end of the night, you know, I, I connected with Ryan Delk. Eric, actually, so you connected with Ryan. Eric hits me up. He's like, yo, what do you think about Ty for Omni? I was like, yo, I think Ty would be perfect for Omni. I think he's dope. I didn't even know that you met Tom right. a long time ago. Got it. He was like, yo, you think he'd be a good fit for Omni? I was like, hell yeah, I think he'd be a good fit for Omni. All right, now fast forward. Yeah, so, you know, me and Delk connect. And this is where, you know, so I hit, he's like, yo, like I, he's like, I hoop every week. I was like, yeah, you play basketball? He's like, yeah, I play basketball every week. I was like, when do you play basketball? He's like, Thursday. Okay. What's up? Where? He's like, UCSF or like 
USF. I'm like, cool, like I'm down, I'm there. So, you know, naturally as a basketball player, like I finally found a group of folks to play basketball with. I was super happy. And uh, I show up to one of the the games or, you know, we we, uh, we play 7 a.m. at USF Court Center. We're there. I think that day I probably go like one for two in total games. <laughs> so like I, I like I lost more than I won. Delk leaves and he comes back in the gym. And then, you know, me and Tomberg were a little bit closer at the time. And I'm like, yeah, Tomberg, you know, I'm looking for a job right now. Da, da, da. And this is literally like while Tomberg is playing. And Tomberg is like, yo, you looking for a job? Like, no problem. He's like, Delk. Delk. <laughs> and Delk's like, you know, kind of like walking out, like to leave. And he's like, yo, like you're looking for a job? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you know, I'm just, just kind of see when it's out there. He's like, uh, what's your schedule like? And it just was very easy. And, you know, I got one coffee meeting with Delk. We talked some more. I sent him a whole bunch of ideas about Omni and how I, you know, I, and mind you, at the time, I've been using Omni for probably a year plus now, personally. I like was Snapchatting about it. I just always thought it was a great service, man. I always had a, I always thought Tom was doing a, a, a good job. Did you put the two and like kind of the two and two together that he was working with Tom from? Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, as soon as he said Omni, I was like, oh, like as soon as he said, hey, I work for Omni. Yeah. I'm Ryan Delk. I was like, man, I love. Like it was like, okay, gotcha. it was a refreshing moment because it was like, oh man, you work for Omni, man. I love that company, man. It's like you yeah. know Tom, right? He's like, yeah, man, I know Tom. He's like, yeah, man, I love Tom. He's like, Tom's cool. He's like, and I was like, he's like, he's like, what's your name? I was like, Tyler Toy. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen your your name around on the on the dashboards and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like, you use the product. I think yeah, like, I mean, you, know, you believe in their mission. You weren't too. just looking yeah. for a job. Yeah. You like this yeah. is what you you use it. Yeah, I personally use it. I mean, listen, like I moved here and CC had three hundred thousand pairs of shoes. And I quickly realized. <laughs> Thank you, Shishi. I quickly, I quickly realized that there was no way on earth that I would I would make it. You know, so you couldn't store it in your house. It just wasn't going to happen. You use Omni. It just I used Omni. I had some papers. I had boxes of stuff. It just it's practical living. It's practical. It was very practical, and it made sense. So I used it. Ty, so I know you you're hinting at like what Omni does. Like, what do you guys do that's different than normal storage? Yeah. So Omni, we are essentially an uh, on-demand storage and delivery service. We essentially come to your home. So one of our personal concierges comes to your home. Picks up any item in your home, any item that one person can carry down a flight of stairs. Down a flight of stairs, we uh, take those items. We take it. We take it back to our storage facility. We take beautiful pictures of them, um, really high quality photos of every single one of your items. Um, we store those items for as, for as little as fifty cents per item per month. And then whenever you need those items back, you essentially press one button, comes right back to you. And uh, you know we are really building what we really feel is a big one. So. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. I think something else that you didn't touch on when it came to the job search that I think is important for people to understand is that you said it was easy, but it wasn't easy. They gave you a contractor role to start. Oh, yeah. So like, I mean, it's going back to Tom, man. Remember that? Remember that same guy? Like, you know, <laughs> and it goes back to the no pride, right? Right. You gotta, 100%. You gotta be humble. That too. I started off in a contractor role, too. Right. So I get it. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, listen, for me, it was like at that point, you know, it was like, listen, I am willing to. So I do want to touch on something for the listeners. Like going into meeting with Delk, it was really easy for me because like how he thought was sort of kind of the way how I thought about Omni in a sense. So like, you know, he thought about the two ways that they were growing at the time. And I said, hey, listen, like this is a business that I kind of understand because I've worked in real estate and I understand what that what storage means for real estate, what this means for cities, what this really means for people's lives. 
and why cities are built the way they are, you know, built now and how I really believe cities will be built in the future. And I just kind of like sent him like a little blurb. Like I sent him stuff. Like I actually sent the guy. I didn't just meet with him just to meet with him and kick it. I met with him and I sent him some actionable stuff. He liked it. And one thing led to the next. But um, he had you prove yourself. So 100%. it wasn't. So he gives you this contractor role. Yep. He didn't give you the offer during the holidays. Like you didn't get a Christmas present with the yeah. full time offer. Yeah. So talk about it. Yeah. So you had to prove yourself. One hundred percent. So you know, I came in as a contractor. You know, to me, as soon as I got in, I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna make this happen because I knew that whatever it takes. I mean, no pride. No pride. No pride. Absolutely no pride. What does someone in growth do? Tell us what you said. Yeah. So I really, 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 really had had no pride around just kind of growing a business and trying to be super, super, super focused on that. So what does someone in growth do? Yeah. Specifically at Omni or at at, Omni. At Omni. So specifically at Omni, you know, my my job in a nutshell is to so essentially, you know, run our kind of growth and business development at a city level. My job is to put Omni where it belongs, which is absolutely everywhere. That I can't do that today <laughs> with all my efforts. I have to focus. So I try to focus on the on the areas where we can get the highest conversions, where I can personally slang on myself, where I can do quick partnerships for quick wins, where I can just essentially grow our business. And honestly, like what I like to really focus on is just I, I try to really grow Omni so that we can get the highest multiple possible on our business. So it's customer acquisition. Customer acquisition. Partnerships. Um, a bit of partnerships, a bit of business development, a bit of- Retention? Um, a bit of, ret- I mean, thinking about retention, you know, when I, when I do a partnership, when I do a building event, when I do a marketing event, you know, I try to think about, is this a place that like has a high, you know, ARPU, right? Is this where we're going to get a lot what of- What is ARPU? ARPU is an annual revenue per user. Oh, okay. That's good. I, I heard through the grapevine that they call you Tyx or 10x time. 10x time. My bad. <laughs> 10X time. It's all right. It's late. It's like what, 12 a.m. Yeah, right now? Yeah, it is kind of like late. On a what? On a Tuesday. Why do they call you 10x time? It's Wednesday at 1 a.m., so it's wow. okay. 10x time. Yeah. yeah we're going us. 10x right now. Yeah. So what does that mean? For me, you know, the idea of 10x is really just this, you know, the process of exponential growth. Yep. And the lifespan of a startup is like five to seven years. So you have to grow exponentially, right? Yeah. You I mean, can't go, what did you say in the video? You can't go what? You can't, <laughs> you can't go 1x. You can't go 2x. You, you got to go it. 10x. You can't do it. You can't do it. You, you literally have to think, how do I do the 10x thing every single day? You can't wake up at 8 a.m. You got to wake up at 5 a.m. You got to wake up at, you, you literally got to wake up and crush everybody. Yeah. Right? You got to hit the floor. You know, you got to really, really think about what are the levers that I can pull to really, you know, throw some gas. You yeah. know, I listen to a lot of music, you know, a lot of rappers now these days, they, as an ad lib, they literally say gas. Yeah. Right. Like you need to, all day. You, you need to really throw gas on the business. And like for me, like, you know, one of the things that Delk, uh, you know, then, you know, shout out to Ryan Delk too as well. For um, sure. Um, Holding it down for ATL. Yes. A lot of ATL people in the building. Yes. One of the things that, Del really like like gave me. He was like, yo, from day like literally my first meeting, he's like, yo, like how you feel? It's like, are you excited? I was like, yeah, I'm excited. He's like, all right, write your ticket. Ooh. That's the first thing he said. Like, I like that. He's like, all right, write your ticket. What right? does that mean? Explain it. And what that meant, and what he was trying to say for the listeners is that he's like, yo, like, I am giving you the opportunity to 10X your life. You know, like how he and he talks very 
freely about this. He's like, yo, like Omni's gonna IPO. You're on the S1. That's dope. He's like, I don't know how to break this into your head. And like he always says this, like, I don't know how to tell you this. And you're the way he's like, you're in the S1. He's like, you know, when someone says that to you, right? What do you like? How do you respond? Right. And you know, like some people, like they just say, you know, it's too much for me. Own it. Right, exactly. So one of the things that he really, really definitely honed into me was like, you know, every single day we have to grow. Period. Every, period. Point blank. Right. And like what does a good meeting look like? We we made money from it. We period. Grew, right. And and that's and that's really what what it's about, you know, in, in growth. It's how do we do the repeatable thing every single day and grow the business? So. Beautiful. Yeah, Ty. So getting very inspired just listening to your story. And um, in our pre-interview, you did bring up your upbringing. And uh, if we were to ask your mom when you were 12, 13-year-old as a kid, if we had to go back and ask her, what did she think Ty would be doing in the future? Would, do you think she would have said startups, growth? <laughs> or what do you think she would have said? She would have said that he's going to be the president of the United States. That's beautiful. Um, That's a mama that believes in. Uh, she, or actually a doctor. A doctor mm-hmm. or the president of the United States. Probably a doctor. I think something that's special that you also shared in the pre-chat is her views on you know what rich really means. Oh, 100%, man. And what is valuable to a Nigerian family. Can you talk yeah. about that? So, you know... For our listeners, I, I don't know if any of you are Nigerian yourselves or if you have any friends that are Nigerian, but, you know, one of the things about the Nigerian culture in general is that the only thing that matters is excellence. And the currency, the real currency in Nigeria actually is not money. The real currency in Nigeria is education and being and, and having knowledge. And that's something that when I even got to Nigeria, when I, you know, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. I got suspended about 15 times before seventh grade, not because I was a a bad student, I fought or I did anything illicit or explicit. It was just because at the time, and I think this actually helps me today, was that I wanted to know why. I wanted to understand. And if a teacher said, hey, Ty, sit down and like it's recess, I'd be like, well, why? Right. (laughs) At seven. And you would say, why not? (laughs) You know, like, you know, for at seven and eight and nine and 10 years old, that's an unacceptable answer. So I got in trouble. But, uh, you know, when I got to Nigeria, I really I really realized that, you know, you you know, everyone's outcome is not the same. And that what I was searching for was was understanding and knowledge. And the more you the more you can the more you the more of that that you have, the more respected you are in our culture. And that's just what it is. And that's what my mom believes in. One thousand. My mom has I think my mom has she has a one, two, three. She has my mom has five degrees. Right. Beautiful. You know, and in like two separate countries. Yeah. And I think, you know, you covered a lot of the things that you said in the beginning about Richards. Like I know education was a currency and all these things about excellence. But you also said that for her, her dedication to her family was very important and your faith was very important so can you talk about yep your family yep yeah so you know listen like i uh faith is a huge thing for me i think that's why i'm so musical so like <laughs> or allows me to be musical because of like i'm i guess i'm emotional because of my faith and you know my mom you know one of the things that because my mom focused so solely solely on education you know there's a lot of things around you know acquiring money that they just don't value Right. So like her real 10x or her real investment or her retirement is not, you know, what's in her 401k or what's in the bank account or what's in an offshore offshore bank account in Switzerland. It's what's, you know, in her kids. Right. The love 
that she has for them, the home that she provided for them to be successful at whatever they wanted to be successful in is what my my mom really, really wanted to provide for us. And, you know, I could definitely, if she's listening, she, you know, you definitely did a, a hell of a job. So. Shout out, mom. Shout out to mom. Love you, mommy. I think that's a perfect segue into yeah, the so lightning round. We'll uh, finish off with the lightning round. And um, this is the place where uh, the three of us will ask you several questions and try to provide strategies, tactics, uh, and your resources that you've used to uh, break in and get to the place where you are today. Arthur, take it away. Let's do it. Yeah. So you moved to, you told, you shared that you moved to San Francisco. You started a new life here. So imagine that you were doing this again. You were limited in resources. So you only had a hundred dollars. Kind of, you're a brand new city. You don't know anyone. What would you do? How would you use that a hundred dollars to get started? I will go to Last Chance and buy some basket. I would uh, like do, uh, do am I clothed? Do I have some? Sure. Let's assume you have like your. You have clothes. You have shelter. You have food. Cool, great. So I would go to a basketball court and meet friends. I wouldn't even spend any money. I would meet friends. I would hustle that way. I would go to every basketball court. I would break into like the indoor ones because the indoor ones are probably nicer and have better like clientele per se or pay like a small fee to get in (laughs) and play basketball. I would beat all the people. I would try to beat everyone (laughs) because that's the way that you earn respect. Absolutely. Right? You earn respect by beating people. You don't earn respect by losing. (laughs) Um, you gotta win. Gotta win. Winning matters. Yeah, and there's, uh, there's no what's it? What do they say? There's like there's no asterisks in life, only scoreboards. Numbers, man. Yep. Right. Results. So, <laughs> so I would. I wouldn't even. I mean, why do I need to spend money? I wouldn't even. I would hit that basketball court. I would also omni all my stuff, and then by the time, well, by that time, we should probably have our marketplace launch. So, yeah. <laughs> I like I, I'll make some money off awesome. omni. I like to follow. I like it. So, Ty, I know we talked a little bit more about music. We talk about sound all the time. I am a big sound. fan of, you need to put your, your playlist on SoundCloud, side so note. <laughs> but, you know, let's take it back to when you got that email, that feedback, that really hard feedback that you, that devastated you, your lowest point. What song did you listen to at that point to help you get over it? Or what did CeCe tell you to, to motivate you to come back and bounce back? The song that I listened to around that time frame was, and I'm literally pulling on my, the, the, I'm pulling on my playlist right now because I have the exact song and I know exactly what I was bumping. I was bumping Grammys by Drake featuring Future. Interesting. Right. That's an interesting choice. And <laughs> if you guys, if you guys, you know. It's like top five, top five, top exactly, five. Exactly. That's right. Like I, I, that feedback hurt. Right. But it actually made me like stronger and it was like all right okay right like you know tell me how you really feel like he literally says that in it. tell me how you really feel tell yeah. me how you really feel like i did it without a deal like mm. hey all right. yeah so all right. okay. Okay. <laughs> so all right, all right. that makes nice. sense and that's <laughs> a perfect segue into the next question so take us back uh two years or two and a half years when you are in, you're sitting in arizona you're contemplating moving out to a SF. now that you've been through this whole journey what is that one piece of advice that you would have given yourself back then right as you were thinking about starting on the journey? That is a great question. And I hear you guys answer ask that every time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stumped right now. Wow. That one thing that I would tell myself now that I know what I know. What um, would you tell your brother? Ooh, that's even, that's, that's even harder. Yeah. What I would tell my... Okay, so I'll, I'll answer the first one. Then I'll, Can I do the second one? Yeah. All right, cool. So the first one, I would tell myself that think long term. 
think long term and really ignore the short term. Like, don't even like, you know, some people tell you like, oh, like understand the short. Nah, like ignore it. Right. And like really optimize for that one thing that you do really, really well. It's very easy to get distracted by a shiny object. You got to focus. And I think that I I let the like the grandeur and the luster, like the beauty of like, yeah, like what do you do? Oh, I'm a PM. Yeah, like and like PMs are great. Like, please do not get me wrong. PMs are awesome, right? And like, I think I let that luster of like, you know, like what I wanted. I want what I want. What I have now, which is like, you know, Doug looks at me. He's like, "Yo, we need this by this time." I don't care what you do. Just don't break any laws. <laughs> get it done, right? Like I like. I think when I'm 40, I want that. Ty right? is shaking right now too. Ask you that. Like when I'm 60, I want that. Right? So you know, that- like. I don't care what you do. Like this, just this is the this is the goal. Like we have to win the game. Like tie your in. We're down thirty. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, I can call you. I can call your number as many are times. You a you cl- want. Are you a clutch player or not? Exactly. Right. And like I live for that. Right. Are like, you putting forty points up in the fourth quarter or not? Yeah, and I definitely want to. I definitely want to answer the question about my brother. But like I think this is a perfect time to segue into a a great example around short term, long term. I think everyone forgets that Kobe Bryant actually airballed three times in the Western Conference Finals when he was a rookie. Take us back, Ty. I almost forgot that, but. Arthur, man. Gotta love Arthur. Uh, uh, so, you know, at the time, so like, just like Segway, like, like, like Kobe enters the league and like, you know, he honestly. No one really liked the kid that much because he just wanted to be – he literally made it his personal goal to be the best one-on-one player. In a team sport, it's kind of bad, right? But, like, that was his personal goal. And it was just, like, you know, Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel, who are all, like, really good Laker, um, former Laker players, were like, that was what the kid wanted to do. Like, okay. And Kobe wants to, like, be that clutch player. He wanted to hit game-winning shots, and he airballed them in the biggest game of the, like, of the entire year. Right. Not just like one time. He did it three times in a row. Right. And this is like. Was it three different games? Or? No. It was like back to back possessions. It's like he came down, airballed. The other team got the ball. Came down, airballed again. The other team got the ball. He came like three times in a row. This is like one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. Top, I don't know, top five. Right. I wonder what song he listened to after that. Right. You know, and, and this is a guy who scored 81 points. This is a guy who hit more game winners, I don't know, than like almost anyone, right? You know, in, in NBA. So like, but that was over obviously a 20-year career. It's very important. Like at the end of that year, you could easily have written that guy off and be like, man, this guy's gonna be absolutely nothing. But like if he if he really if you really look at the body of work that he's done, it's one of the best careers in, ever. So going back to the point around long term and just it's really, really important to think long term. That's what I would have told myself is just really think long term. Don't don't you can't don't think about do, you can't dwell on those types of things. Yeah. Some of the best players are like that. You know, they might you know shoot an air ball or fumble a play, whatever, but like next play that it's like it never even happened. You're right. only as good as your last right. hit, pretty much. One hundred percent. And another piece of advice I would give myself is focus on the word. So like one of my basketball one of my basketball coaches used to always tell me, I don't care about the bad that you just did next play. I like that. Like, okay, you just turn the ball over. You just, you missed the jump shot. You missed the free throw. What a, next play. There's always a next play in basketball. So Next um, email, next interview, next, 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 pull, next whatever. Next, 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 right? So what I would, the advice I would give to my little brother is 
be maniacal about looking at the roles for so my brother wants to be a computer science he, he he's going to be a he's studying computer science and he wants to be a software engineer my brother's doing the same thing love it love it that's beautiful yeah they're, just they're, in case you thought we forgot about family we'll never forget about family so he uh is going to be a software engineer uh, one of the things that I, the advice i would give him is really focus on the role of a software engineer and then the sub roles so there is right you know front end engineer back end right ios and there's all sorts right so, so yeah like specializing so in the specialize the specializing variant variances of being a software engineer right and work your way back yeah. and master it right and then you know soft skills and all the rest we can, we can always you know we can always uh help you out you know the breaking into startups crew will be able to help you out with that yeah, yeah. exactly well, awesome is he part of the facebook community group Yes, he is. He actually likes his all. He likes all, almost all the posts. His name is Daniel Fagbuli. Shout out to Dan. Shout, Shout out, out Daniel. to Daniel. Love you, man. Yeah. Man, well, so how can people keep in touch with you, Ty? Break my email, tyolatoye at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you want to take a call, if you want to get coffee, break it. I am wide open. I'm going to pay it forward. A lot of people paid it forward for me a ton. Like Nate, I, I know we talked about Nate and Tristan and you know, and, and Tony, there's so many more. I probably have close to like 10 mentors. Also, also link Twitter, right? I am on every piece of social media on planet Earth at Ty Olatoye. If you want to check out. So that's out, uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. Insta stories. MySpace. Insta- no, sir. No, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so not everyone. I thought that we were in your top I eight. Think, isn't MySpace dead, guys? <laughs> um um, cool. So Twitter, Twitter, okay. Facebook. I mean, yeah. I'll add you. You know, I don't. I think Facebook has a limit. So fortunately, not probably not there. But like wherever, you know, LinkedIn, add me. Twitter, add me. Insta Stories is great. Snapchat's great. Uh, my email is tyolatoye. All one, all one word. No spaces. Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Music. If you want to oh, follow yeah. the sound. Okay. And how can people find out more about Omni and if they want to store some you stuff? You guys are going to Berkeley, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, we're kicking this thing into phase two, as TM will say, Tom. Um, it's like TW to TM. Yeah, Just man. Flip of the flip of the last flip, flip, initial. Flip, flip of the last initial. Um, Any promo codes for our listeners? Oh man, I got a, I got a, I got one for you guys. So just go ahead and uh, you know, go to the app store and download Omni. So you just want to type in B Omni, B E O M N I, and you can use my referral code. It's T Y, <laughs> super easy. Or you can use. Yeah, just use mine. It's fine. I'll take all the credit for this one. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Del. Awesome. Um, we got yeah. you. Awesome. Well, um, thanks again, Ty. And um, we look forward to seeing your brother out here, too. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And thank you, CC, for joining us this evening. Thank you, guys. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate you for listening and always love your feedback on how we can do better. If you enjoyed this, let us know what you thought on the reviews by going to iTunes, searching for Breaking Into Startups, subscribing to our podcast, and leaving a review. Also, if you know someone who came from a non-traditional background and is looking to break into tech, encourage them to sign up to our newsletter or tell them to join the Breaking Into Startups community on Facebook. Remember, if they don't let you in through the front door, go through the back door, around it, under it, or through it. Let's break in. Let's break in.